Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of Faith Over Fear. I'm joined tonight with my awesome husband, Josh. Hello. His goal is to be a preacher someday, so he's going to be filling us in with some Bible studies in some of our workbooks from church, and I'm just going to let him get going with that, and he's also going to give his personal testimony for you guys today. Uh, yes. Um, hello, everybody. My name is Josh Clark, obviously Dominique's husband. Um, so the last podcast she did, she kind of shared her testimony um, at one point of it. So I thought that's where we would start here is I would I would share my testimony because it's important for all Christians to share their testimony, not just to to encourage fellow believers and to to strengthen their their faith and their belief, but also to kind of let non-believers know, you know, what what the Lord is all about and what he what he can do for people and what he what he's capable of doing. So um but my story isn't isn't any kind of a page turner or you know a snap of the finger moment where i was instantly saved and instantly you know felt the glory of god um it it happened gradually over time as in most cases with with most believers there were so many stepping stones in life that contributed towards it i've had people in my life um that would take me to church i've had people in my life that would you know, share the gospel with me and just tell me that, you know, just preach some of the, the Lord's word to me. Unfortunately, I, I just, my most of my life, I just didn't want to hear it. I wasn't willing to listen to what, you know, Jesus had done for me um, and what, you know, what the Bible had to say. Um, so it wasn't until very recently, um, about a couple years ago, um, uh, Dominique started going to the local church and I started going with her and this started as something that I was doing to, to support her as, as she was trying to find her place in, in the world and, and with the struggles that she was going through. Um, so it mainly started just as me being there for, you know, moral support, you know, kind of like a little cheerleader. Um, <laughs> you were a good one though. Well, thank you. Um, and eventually that kind of just, it, it grew, uh, from there quite rapidly, I would say too. Um, uh, you know, I started going to church more. I gradually started reading the Bible more. I gradually started praying more. And then just one day I just decided, you know, this, this is it. I need to be saved. Um, so I asked Jesus to you know, for repentance of my sins, I asked him into my life and I started striving to, to live by his word. Um, and it just kind of, I mean, from, and from there it even, it grew even more. I mean, my, the, the Lord worked in, in me really well in wanting to share the word, share the gospel and just strengthen my faith so that other people can have, you know, God's glory as he gives it out for free. I mean, it's freely given to us. He's already, he's already paid the price for us, and you know, lest no man boast. It's more than I could have done. I couldn't have given up one of my boys so oh, easily. I know it. That was. It's just amazing. I mean, and when you when you go through your faith and you you read the Bible and you pray and you learn more, you 
you really just get this overwhelming feeling of 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 God's grace and and gratitude for that because there's just he's got so, he has so much love for us and so much so much mercy for us and we have so much to be thankful for and i mean the best we can put it is that God is awesome and that doesn't even come close Not to even close. to describing how he truly is so and like I was telling them yesterday, there's nothing you can do that would cause God to turn away from you and never love you again. Absolutely not, because he's already sent his son down to die for our sins. We just, all we need to do is just repent of our sins and, and believe in him. Amen to that. So, where this where this podcast is going, um, it's, it's kind of going to be a little bit of a a training module for the for the new as well as uh refreshers and reminders and encouragement for the for the believers that have been with Christ for some time um because we're we're new to faith too and we're growing too um and it's important to share that with other Christians to share that with with other people to give your testimonies to worship together to pray to go pray together not only is it in in the Bible's in commanded in the Bible, it's it's just important to have that encouragement, that camaraderie, that brotherhood, and that love that that God has given us. Mm-hmm. Always is. So we're going to start by doing um, a Bible, some Bible studies, and this is some of the stuff that we've been going through in our local church. Um, so it's a Bible studies for life course through Lifeway. It looks like. Um. So we're just going to, I guess we'll start just by reading through, um, and reading through some of these, um, books. Uh, it has quotes from scripture. Then we'll talk about that. We'll discuss that. And I guess, Dominique, if you have anything to kind of say, if anything jumps out at you, just, you know, let's just go ahead and, and go there. So I'll do my best to not interrupt you. No, that's okay. I can't make any promises. Though. That that's all right. So, s- session one, um, this book kind of covers things. I thought it would be good, especially with the way with COVID going on and everything. Um, so I thought it'd be good to start with with this book um, that talks about dif- the different sessions. Include: Do we need to defend our faith? Is there a God? Does absolute truth exist? aren't all religions the same so this just talks about all these different topics and i think these would be very good for um like i said reminders and encouragement to new believers through through the times that we've been going through which are crazy um but the first session is entitled do we need to defend our faith so the point of this session is that god can use you to show others the truth. So if you're following along in your Bibles, we, we use King James Version Bibles, the Bible. Um, the passages that we're mostly going to be reflect on here are the book of Jude, chapters 1 through 4, and it looks like verse 20 through 25. So some people are passionate about their coffee. I mean really passionate. They're quite capable of defending their choice of coffee and explaining the subtleties between Arabica and Robusta coffee beans. 
One doesn't have to be a professional barista to be a coffee expert. I know I love my coffee. Oh, I can't live without coffee. So I once sat next to a man and woman on an airplane who talked for 68 minutes about basketball. Yes, I timed them. Specifically, they debated who was the GOAT, the greatest of all time. Michael Jordan or LeBron James. As far as I could tell, they were neither professional basketball players nor coaches, but they certainly were passionate fans. So people tend to be effective communicators on subjects that hold their passion. Um, I know I can talk a lot about fitness, as fitness is one of my one of my passions. And I know you like to talk a lot about crocheting. crocheting. I can talk forever about crocheting and arts and crafts. Yet many Christians with a deep love for Jesus don't think they can be effective communicators about their faith. They say things like, I don't know enough. It would take years of study to answer a skeptic. But the good news is you don't have to be either a professional or a degreed scholar to be knowledgeable about your faith. The book of Jude has showed us that every follower of Jesus can defend the faith. And this was one of the things that was on my mind when I first started um, evangelizing. I mean, every week I go out with our, our pastor at our local church and we hand out gospel tracts. Um, one of the things that I was really nervous about when we first started was not knowing enough, you know, not knowing what I needed to know, um, what what somebody was going to say if they were going to try and stump me in a debate or something like that. And I didn't want to give them false information or lead them astray from God's truth. So that was a big fear of mine. But through time, I've learned that as long as you're reading your Bible every day, you're praying every day, you're doing what God commanded you to do, then he'll take care of it. He will take care of you and he'll walk with you and he will give you the words to say. And this is definitely something that has been has been growing in me. I've been praying on that more. And God has been giving me more to say. I mean, I used to go by, I used to, I had this little card that I wrote out that I would say, here's the gospel track. Um, let me share that with you. If you have any questions, here's their church's information on the back. But uh, over time, as I started doing it more and more, the words just kind of started flowing out of me. I would just talk, strike up a conversation if I had the opportunity. Or if, if they asked a question, I would I would sit there and chat with them for a minute. I mean, I haven't had too many questions yet so far. but And that's something that I would do. So in the book of Jude... Oh, he stumped. Yeah, no, I'm looking at this. (laughs) Sorry. It says Jude 1 through 4. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should be earnestly contended or that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God, our Lord Jesus Christ. So your past does not qualify you. Jude knew this. He was the physical half-brother of Jesus um, in Matthew 13, verse 55. But he saw his brother as nothing more than that. His brother Jude 
joined his other brothers in ridiculing Jesus out of unbelief. In John, the book of John, chapter 7, verses 3 through 5, it says that. So thankfully, the embarrassment of not immediately recognizing Jesus' divine identity was only a comma in Jude's life, not a period. Jude moved from skeptic to servant of Jesus Christ. In Acts ver chapter 1, verse 14, he, Jesus' older brothers, and Jesus' mother Mary were praying with the apostles in Jerusalem. Jude's life reminds us that faith is about our present, not our past. We learn from our past, but we don't live there. It doesn't define who we are in Christ. I know uh, I, if, I, if I was still living in my past, it definitely wouldn't live up to God's expectations. I would definitely, I mean, we all still fall short of the glory of God, but I can't imagine. I, I think back to my past and I think, boy, what was I thinking? Some, here. Sometimes I don't think I was thinking. But defending the faith doesn't appear to be Jude's original purpose in writing. I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation. However, disturbing news had reached Jude that faith was under attack from within. It had crept in unawares. Jude was ready to alter his plans and call to church to contend for the faith which once delivered unto the saints. Attacks on our faith often come without warning, and like Jude, we should be ready. I know that one of the things that has come across my path lately on is uh, I have a couple of friends that have been weighing heavy on my hearts lately because I would always, I mean, these, I've been friends with these gentlemen for years and we would always hang out and talk and, and play games and stuff like that. But before I was saved, we all shared, um, a common vulgarity to our language, to our discussions. Um, we had crude humor, um, very ungodly, ungodly ways of speaking, talking and acting. Um, and since I've been saved, I have gradually walked away from that path, um, as you do when you walk closer to the Lord. Um, but unfortunately, my friends haven't been saved. They are still standing in, in the mud when I'm walking out to the river. Um, they, and when I have conversation, I still talk to them and I still love them and I pray for them that they be saved. But um, sometimes when I have conversations with them or when I get back into playing a game with them, um, they know I've been saved and they, they know I talk about Jesus, but they still, in their old ways, they still have the vulgarities, um, the rude comments, and just the very inappropriate behavior and demeanor that they have. So I, I usually end up calling it quits early, um, hanging out with them or talking to them or just in a hangout session, I'll just call it quits early because that kind of vulgarity is is something that can creep in and attack my faith if i fall back to that if i fall back into laughing and joking around with vulgar crude humor then that's going to pull me away from god um and that's not something that i intend to do on my walk with god right now so that's just one of the one example of of how attacks on faith can creep in do you have an example of a personal experience, Dominique, where something, where an attack on your faith can has crept up on you or something that you can think of that, that could creep up on one's faith? Um, my biggest thing that I'm struggling with right now is um, the types of uh, movies and TV shows that I like to watch because I've always been a big horror fan. Right. I always have been. So I still struggle with that. I still slip up here and there, but 
I'm trying to kind of replace all of that stuff with more Christian films and more Bible studies and stuff like that. And and that's definitely something that can creep up on you because um, I I had a friend who would um, who's now saved who would watch um, some some TV shows and you'd think it was a harmless TV show. It was a good funny TV show too, but there was one part of it that kind of it shook him up and woke him up a little bit. There was a joke made in the TV show, and he started to chuckle a little bit, and then he thought. He thought to himself, you know what, if Jesus was sitting here with me right now, is that something that he would find funny? Is that something that he would laugh at? And he decided that, no, that is not something that Jesus would laugh at. That was not something that Jesus would find funny. Um, So little things like that you can think are harmless for years and years and years. But after you're saved and you start walking the path towards God with God and you find that some of these things that you thought were once harmless can actually be damaging. So, well, they really are. And they they can creep up on you too without you expecting it. So, and you can even notice like the days that you focus more on godly things, you have a better outcome and outlook on that day whereas the days you tend to slip up a little bit more or you think well this one little thing won't hurt anything, you end up having a pretty miserable day, at yeah. least from my experience. Yeah, and you and then you and that can lead to starting to justify things too, which oh, I'm big on can that. lead it can lead to a downward spiral. Spiral. You think, well, this one little thing is okay, so I'll do I'll do this. But if if you think you know attacks on faith are, you think you can justify something, um, but it can lead to a downward spiral, and and that can just kind of pull you farther away from God, and that's not good. So. So, contending for the faith was not something Jude was calling in a select few to do, like some special forces unit of the church. He was writing to all believers, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called every Christian must contend for the faith. So we are called to contend, a word that pictures a struggle. This word could have an athletic connotation. Christians should rise up and challenge false teaching, error, and any misinterpretation of the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. We don't need to forfeit to any opponent. Instead, we keep our faith active, striving to ensure that the truth is heard. So as he contended for the faith, Jude modeled two traits for us, humility and brevity. So in regards to humility, Jude was the half-brother of the Messiah, but he didn't wave that in people's faces. He didn't walk around saying, hey, well, I think I'm better than you because guess who my half-brother is? But he lived his life with humility. Jude had serious first-century Jewish credentials, yet he didn't waste words about himself. In beginning his short letter, Jude didn't bother mentioning his family connection to Jesus, only to his brother James. Jude was not interested in lifting up himself. He was driven only by his desire to defend the faith. Humility is a much-needed trait in today's culture. For the believer, no room exists for arrogance or flaunting whatever knowledge we have. Many Christians have failed in their attempts to defend the faith because of arrogance. Being smart about our personal faith does not mean we treat those who think differently as stupid. As we stand up for the faith, we should put on bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering. And something that really pops into my mind in regards to humility is 
I, I would research a lot of creative ways to share the word, to share the gospel, and to evangelize. Um, and one of the ways that I've kind of been, one of the things I've been drawn to was like um, TikToks. If anybody doesn't know what TikToks are, they're just short little videos. Um, you can get an app on your phone and they're just short little videos about whatever you want, you know, music and, and promote your business or, I mean, most of it, a good portion of it is is quite frankly, to use the nice term, garbage uh, <laughs> like 95% of it yeah but there are some Christian TikToks out there there are people who are trying to share the gospel through TikTok and some of them can be kind of encouraging but this is where that humility comes into play sometimes when you have an app like that that runs on algorithms and and runs on popularity and it, it basically whatever shows up in your feed um, which whatever videos show up on your account can usually be based on an algorithm of popularity or of a common theme that you're you're looking up videos. So that's something that you can be careful that you're not... When you're sharing the word of God, you don't want to glorify yourself. You, you need to be glorifying God, sharing the truth of Jesus Christ and the Lord. So that can be a dangerous thing where TikTok can kind of... It can kind of lead you down doing... Bending the gospel to popularity, you know, making it, twisting it in a, in a way that the world might view as better. And that's not anything. You don't ever want to twist up the gospel, twist up God's word. You want to do it in a way that stays true to God's word, that stays, hu that has humility towards, towards God. And you don't want to be doing things that are, that the world might find popular and then just kind of, you know, sprinkle god's word on top of that so that's something to definitely be careful with too uh can you think of an example of of uh humility and in, in anything that you that you do and as far as sharing the word or humility um i would say i learned humility from thinking that once i was saved everything was gonna just like suddenly be like this easy breezy ride like it was all gonna just suddenly fall into place motherhood was gonna be like perfect the kids were gonna suddenly listen they were gonna behave like sweet little angels I love them like crazy don't get me wrong but it didn't it's was really humbling to learn that it's a work in progress and that God is gonna improve those things but it's gonna take time and a lot of humility on my part. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And that's one of the things, and that's one of the ways that, that God works because faith is strengthened through trials and not comfort. Because if you're, if you're living a comfortable life, you know, you have, you have money, you have wealth, you have food, you have everything you need, you're not going to, your faith isn't going to grow. You're going to get comfortable. You're going to get stagnant in a way. Um, so... Faith can be strengthened through trials. So if you're praying to God that, you know, God, Lord, please help me strengthen my faith. Give me give me the tools that I need to strengthen my faith. Hey, he's not going to send you a big paycheck in the mail and a, a new car and say, hey, get comfortable. Here you are. He's going to put you through some trials. And we have plenty of examples of that in the Bible. You know, we have the example of Job. We have the example of... Um, one of the ones that pops into my mind is is Abraham. 
Joseph was a good one too. Right, exactly. So, and God's going to put you through trials and that's that's because he loves us and he's he strengthens our faith. I mean, if if trials didn't strengthen our faith, then what would? Just handing then God would just might as well hand out faith like like a pamphlet and then what worth is there to that? We all just might as well be in heaven. And God taught you and me humility in a like completely unexpected way not that long ago too where um we were struggling to get by paying bills and stuff and it didn't matter what job you had or how much money you were making at the job we still got shut off notices and you know we couldn't keep up we couldn't catch up no matter how much we worked or how much overtime you had and then God comes along and gives you this part-time job where you're not working very much, we're making less money than we probably ever have in our entire lives. And we're doing great. We're better off now than we were before. And and that's the amazing thing about it is is God does work in that way because when when you when I was making all the money, I thought, "Oh, I've got to buy this. We've got to get this account. We've got to buy, you know, have this monthly bill. I've got to put this much ahead on bills and and I wasn't focused on the right things. So, and and absolutely right, Dominique. The 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 fact that I started this part-time job and focused on just working part-time hours throughout the week so that I had more time with my family, more time with God. And the most important concept was scheduling time around God and Amen. church. I mean, before when we first started going to church, we would always go to church when it fit our schedules, and that's never no, that's never a good thing. So, and when you put God first, He takes care of everything else. Once we started um, putting God first, everything else just fell right into place. I mean, it's it's amazing and it's fantastic. Um, I told the job I'm working at now. I told them, listen, I. I don't care what hours you put me on, but I do not work Sundays. That's the day I go to church, morning and evening service. And I do not work Wednesday evenings because Wednesday evening at our local church is prayer meetings. And God just has a way of taking care of things. He sure did for us. Absolutely. So the second part of, of, um, of this, of the model traits, was brevity. Jude's letter is one of the shortest books in the Bible. Jude showed us how to be effectively brief. This was Jude's elevator speech against false teaching and error. You ever hear of an elevator speech where they... Uh, I heard this all the time on on building resumes for jobs. They, they tell you when you do your cover letter, just make it an elevator speech. Or a pitch to some producer, just make it an elevator speech. And that's just basically um, being able to convey the entire the core concept of a of your message or your idea in a 30-second elevator ride. If somebody was stuck on an elevator with you, then you got 30 seconds to pitch that, or as long as the elevator ride takes to pitch an idea to sell them on that idea. That's a good idea. So some occasions may call for a long conversation or a deeply researched defense of the faith, but many times our defense does not need to take a long time or be overly complicated. Brevity does not mean your defense of the faith is any less effective. In fact, it could whet a person's appetite to know more. So what are some ways the Christian faith is being challenged today? I mean, you cannot 
I mean, you can't not think of an example of a way that Christian faith is being is challenged today. Our churches are getting closed down and discriminated against. Um, Christians are being persecuted in all all corners of the world, and they're even starting here in America. It's even starting. Um, Christians are starting to get persecuted, and over here, and people are starting. I mean, our pastor says this all the time. You know, you're living in the end of days when good is evil, and good is called e- evil, and evil is called good, and we're seeing a lot of that today. And it's, I think it's scaring a lot of people away from Christianity, too, to see these things happening, and a lot of people are just too afraid to make that commitment to go back to church or start going to church. Or... That's true, and, and a lot of people are falling, and, and we've seen it happen before and, and to our friends who, who we love and who we've grown with at church we've seen them just kind of fall away and it and it's sad that um all across the country all across the world christians are starting to get more fe- fearful and and forget where where their place with god is who's who's their protector who's their overseer that no matter what trials we go through god is always going to be there there is no reason to fear i mean how many times in the bible does it say god gives us strength I mean, all the time. And one of the coolest things I ever heard was that in the in the Bible, the phrase fear not is mentioned 365 times. So God reminds us every day of the 365 days of a year, fear not. That's absolutely not to fear. amazing. I, th- I love that little factoid. I think the coolest thing about that was right after you told that to me the other day, that was actually what the kids in our Sunday school class were learning about. Oh, yeah, God has his hand in everything, even little <laughs> things like that when you don't notice. He sure does. It's just amazing. So in Jude, verses 20 through 23, I'll read that to you. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference, and others, save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. So earlier Jude had noted false teachers had entered the church in verse 4, and throughout the bulk of his letter, verses 5 through 19, Jude outlined the character and vices of these people, He wanted his readers to know and recognize them so that they could stand against those who sought to sow doubt and confusion among the believers. Now Jude offered four specific things we should do as we contend for faith. Build your faith, pray, love, and show mercy. So building up yourselves for building your faith, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Unfortunately, too many Christians come to faith in Christ, but they never grow in that faith. Um, growth is definitely important because you never change, you never learn, and you never grow closer to God. A favorite tactic of many cults and false religion is to isolate uninformed Christians and catch them off guard. Jude's point is that our focus must be on growth. So growth happens as we dig into scripture, the source of truth that was divinely revealed to us. This includes a corporate element. Notice Jude addressed beloved, a group of believers, implying that we grow and build up our faith together. So what's one of the things that you like to do that helps build up your faith? Probably, 
I started a new routine where I do a Bible study with my morning coffee first thing to start my day. I mean, I make it a priority. I don't do anything until at least one Bible study is done. That includes checking emails, social media, homeschooling, anything. And I think that's really helped me build my faith because I'm learning more about God. I'm in his word first thing every morning and I always have a notebook and I'm constantly writing notes down which helps me retain it. I can go back and look over what's important and I think that's really helped me. And and journaling through your your when you're studying the Bible, praying, going to church, journaling those experiences is definitely important. Admittedly something I need to do more of. I made but you it's, a journal. I'll pray I know. It. But it's important to do that because it's it's like having a growth chart. You can look at it, analyze it, find out where your growth is at, where you need to be, what you should be doing. And it's just a, a neat little tool to have to kind of see where you were and, and how you grow. And if as long as it's not too personal, you don't share your, you know, everybody has their things between them and God. But some of the parts of, of having a journal where you can share with, with other believers or even new time believers and it's it's really good to see that especially new believers when you should when you talk to them about your growth they can see that hey not everybody you know can jump jump right into the water and have everything ready to go it's a growth process for everybody because you're you're a new person when you're saved you're a new new life and blood and i'm still wearing my floaties in the water so i'm still not there and i don't think any of us are ever going to be a hundred percent there on this earth I think it's not going to be until we get to heaven that we're going to be like the perfect images that God intended for us to be. 100%. 100%. So the second point is of this is, is pray. In Jude, verse 19, Jude described the false teachers as sensual, having not the spirit. True believers, though, do have the Holy Spirit in their lives, and we must rely on the Spirit at all times. A Christian never loses the indwelling presence of the Spirit in Romans 8, 9, or chapter 8, verse 9. But we must continually rely on Him and let Him fill us, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. We cannot build up our faith, let alone contend for it, without praying in the Holy Ghost. Jesus promised... When he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. John sixteen thirteen. The Greek word hodiga, hodega, I'm not sure how to pronounce that <laughs> one, neither. rendered guide, is tied to the Greek word for road. The Holy Spirit guides us on the road. He is our truth tour guide. We can either know the truth or spot error without relying on the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And we do that as we pray in the Spirit. So one of the key aspects of that in, in prayer is that there's a certain way to pray and there's a certain way not to pray. Now, an example, a clear example of what not to pray is, Lord, I pray that you load my pockets with cash. Lord, I pray that you, uh, you know, uh, give my enemies the chicken pox. It's, that's not what you should be praying for, the way you should be praying. You should be praying out of love and kindness and care for one another you know the same way that jesus showed all of us um and that helps build your that can help build up your faith um and help strength help weed out the the good from the bad from that
Also, it's a good idea to avoid repetitiveness. We were discussing this the other day. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You don't want to you don't want to make it like a like a habit like um like you know you wake up in the morning grab a cup of you probably make a cup of coffee without even thinking about it it's become part of your routine but your body automatically does it that's not what you want to do because there's there's no meaning there's no love behind it um i was having a hard time with that too i told you and you gave me like this awesome fix it all for that um yes okay yeah um because that's one of the things that I experienced, too, was when I, when I would pray every morning in the shower, um, I started to notice that it, it became a routine and that it, it, it didn't have a meaning behind it. So what I would do every morning, I start off my prayer by thanking the Lord for his grace, mercy, and salvation. Now, you can do that every single time. Lord, I thank you for your grace, mercy, and salvation. And, and that can become a habit. So what I did was I would actually stop and think about that before I moved on with my prayer. I would thank the Lord for my grace, mercy, and salvation. How has the Lord been graceful in my life lately? How has the Lord shown mercy in my life lately? And what has the Lord done for my salvation? So I think on that. And one of the biggest things that really hits me every single time is when I think, as far as salvation goes, I think, what did Jesus do for my salvation? Oh boy, he was beaten, he was tortured, kicked, spit on. It, it was terrible what he went through to, to save us of our sins. Absolutely terrible. Oh God, it made me cry when we watched Passion of the Christ. It was I so get, heartbreaking. I get emotional every time I think about what Jesus Christ went through for us. And that, and that can kind of really put perspective on things, and that can help me help me be more thankful for God's mercy. I mean, when you share the word, you're going to face some persecutions. And what's the worst for persecutions that I've faced is people telling me, no, I don't want the gospel track. I know that's like, that's the worst persecution I've faced. That's how merciful God is in my life is that is suffering in the name of the Lord is it, the way I have is just by people denying the gospel track as opposed to what Jesus has gone through. And that really puts it into perspective when you think about things like that. And it kind of helps break away from the monotony and the, and the, the robotics of, of your prayer. And just things like that, when you sit there and dwell on them, think about them, think of an example, think of a different example every day for how God has been merciful in your life or, or, or things like that. So the third point on this is love. The most important decision I can make today as a follower of Jesus is to live in the atmosphere of God's love. Keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. The word keep is telling. We don't keep in the sense of locking ourselves away, but we keep an eye on ourselves to ensure we don't drift away from the love of God. The Christian is in the custody of God's love, so let's keep an eye on things to make sure we don't wander away. At times we may have questions, be filled with concerns, or be disquieted by anxiety. But this, especially today, oh, anxiety is easy to come by today. But the centrality of God's love brings peace because God's love cannot fail. Jude began his letter, To them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ, and called, so our eternal victory is assured. We contend for the faith. 
Then, by staying grounded in God's love, which leads us to love those who doubt and are falling away. So there are so many ways uh, that we as Christians can show love to one another. Um, fellow Christians, we pray for them. We, we help them when they need help, even non-believers. We, we pray for them. We help them when, we, we, when they need help. And we just offer... I mean, the, I've, I've known no, generos- no worldly generosity greater than that of a true Christian. Oh, I can, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I mean, even if they don't even know you, they are the first people there, you know, like, how can I help you? What do you need? You're struggling with something here. Take this. This will help you. And it's just amazing how they all come together like that. Exactly. So on the fourth point is to show mercy. Defending the faith is never about being the smartest person in the room. The goal is never to win an argument and lose a soul. When we contend for the faith, we are to do so with mercy. The imagery is powerful. Jude instructed us to mercifully reach out to those who waver and doubt, making a difference. Others we may save only by pulling them out of the fire. And what is this fire? It is an eternal death created for the devil and his demons. That moves us to show mercy, but we must never compromise. We are to hate even the garment spotted by the flesh and exercise caution as we approach it, lest we get drawn into the sin ourselves. So definitely showing mercy in in sharing the word um, by not going to, to... You're not going out to win an argument. You're going out to share the gospel. And one of the easiest things that I've, I've been able to do in, in my endeavors is, is just to share the gospel. Just hand somebody a gospel tract. If they ask you questions, then you have that gospel tract right there and you should know your basics. You know, you know that we were all born into sin, which separates us from God. And the bridge of that separation is Jesus Christ. And through, through his death, we were given our salvation. And there's going to be people out there who are going to want to try and sit there and argue the details of it. And, you know, just smile and nod. But know also that they're they're not looking to be saved in that moment. They're just looking to to beat you down in an argument and to, quote unquote, prove you wrong, per se. You still love them. Still love them. Still, you know, exit that conversation. Don't get caught up into that debate. Just say, you know, I'm... I'm going to go and, and hand out some more gospel tracts. God bless you. Have a great day. Um, and and God will work on their hearts in due time. Um, and and Jesus, one of the, Jesus said, go forth and share the word. He didn't say, go forth and win souls for me. You know, that's that's something that that's he's going to do. We just have to share the gospel. Just tell everybody about the truth. That's what that's what he commanded us to do. He made us fisher of men. I love that. Me too. I love that. So that's just some ways that we can balance showing mercy and contending for the faith. So in Jude verses 24 and 25, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. 
So this is one of the great doxologies in scripture. This letter was not simply distributed and read as we commonly do today. Some scholars estimated that about 10% of the Roman Empire could read. Jude's letter was likely read aloud like a sermon in the context of a house, church, or small gatherings. So as the original hearers heard the call to contend for the faith, they also heard this doxology or benediction spoken over them. Within the New Testament framework, benedictions conveyed and transmitted a blessing to the recipients. So what was the blessing in Jude? You're not alone. Jesus is with you, protecting you as you stand and contend for the faith and standing for Christ. One never stands alone. The focus of Jude's letter has been on contending, contending for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Verse 3. So he concluded with the triumphant promise that we need not fear falling away because God is able to keep you from falling. The one who walked on water will most assuredly protect you from stumbling. So um, we're going pretty long and I don't want to kind of bore anybody out of, out of anything. But I mean, not that God's word is boring or anything, but I know a lot of people are just looking for some fast-paced stuff and, and stuff today. So we'll condense it down next time. We'll condense it down next time. Um, but for, so for that, how do these verses encourage you as you seek to defend the faith? So one of the things that, that comes to my mind is that what it says is it said that about 10% of the Roman empire could read and the Lord did that. It's just telling us that. Okay, are... I was looking at the podcast thing. We we have a sixty-minute time limit, so I'll try and finish up quickly here, but not skip skip on anything important. So what what I was saying was that ten percent of the Roman Empire could read back then, so that really stands out. Where you don't need to know these big words to share the gospel, and you don't need to have these the extensive knowledge of the Bible right in the back of your mind to be able to whip out verse after verse after verse in every little detail. God's going to speak through you. God's going to speak to that person, work on their hearts. Um, so that's one of the ways that encourages me as I seek to defend the faith is that, look, if I may not know everything about, you know, I may not know everything in the Bible, but I'm still reading. I'm still studying every single day. And if you decide that you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, you'll do the same thing. You're going to want to do that. Once you accept Christ as your Savior, you're going to want to walk that path. So we'll kind of cut that for today. Um, we'll move on to the next session tomorrow. But um, this was kind of like the first time that we've sat down together to do a podcast. So hopefully... This will be um, something that we can do, be more beneficial, and hopefully that you will learn something from this um, and that you'll continue to, you know, praise the Lord in all his glory and read your Bible, pray, go to church, and not live in fear because God will take care of us. So do you have anything you want to add before we end with a word of prayer? No, I mean, I think you pretty much said everything. Okay. So we'll end the podcast with a word of prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to to do this podcast, Lord, and we thank you for the opportunity to share your word and to glorify your word. Lord, we pray that all those who have been listening to this podcast take from it not my words, Lord, but your words. Lord, we thank you in all the glory, the mercy, and the salvation that you've given us. 
Lord, in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. You guys have a great day, and thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Until next time, we will see you later.